CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. So glad you've joined us. We always are. Look forward to this time each and every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions live radio about the Bible from the Bible. And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN, and we'd love to talk to you today. You know, so many questions out there concerning faith and what's true, and when we have so many different voices from the internet, friends, media, what is really true? Well, Jesus said it best in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Want to know what truth is? Jesus is truth. And so if we ever go to God's Word, you're going to get the truth. Now, sometimes truth can be a little uncomfortable. And of course, I realize sometimes I maybe make some people mad and sometimes even make myself mad because I realize there's a way that I think things should be, but yet God is the one that's always right. God knows the end to the beginning, beginning to the end. He knows how certain lifestyles, certain behaviors are going to come out in the long run and in eternity. So being about our Father's business is so important. Old saying one time said, live wrong, believe wrong. Believe wrong, live wrong. That's the way it is. That's why, really, we have to be careful what we allow ourselves to uh, be subjected to whether through the cults, whether through our own interpretations, going back to God's Word, line upon line, precept upon precept is so important in the days that we live in, taking God's Word in context. This is what's missing, I believe, in most Bible teaching today is the context part. People have said, oh, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. And I agree to that when you take things out of context. But when you take things in context, all of a sudden, the truth of God's Word comes through, and that's what we're about. If you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand. A little confused about last days and what's going on in the world today? Hey, give us a call, 8888-ASK-CSN is that number to call. we got some lines open. You're sure to get on if you call right now. Joining me today, special guest Greg Blanc from Calvary Chapel, Rapid City, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome, Greg. Mike, I can't tell you what a privilege and an honor it is to come and hang out with you uh, on uh, To Every Man and Answer, and just to be a part of the, part of the CSN family, part of the, part of Team Tima. I, I, I think I've told you this many, many times, but, uh, but I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a follower, even when I'm on a, not on the program. I, uh, I love to glean from you and the other pastors that are on. And, and this is a time right now where, where apologetics is, is important. We need to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks the reason for the hope that lies within us with gentleness and fear and the, the topics of the day, the topics of the culture, especially the Christian culture. They come up on your program all the time, and I think that uh, I would imagine that the CSN uh, uh, family 
the Tima family especially, I would imagine that they are some of the best educated saints on the planet. And uh, yeah, just as a follower, I just want to say, I just want to say thanks. And Mike, can I tell you a quick story that happened uh, yesterday about people that listen to uh, to Tima that you have no idea that they do? Can yeah, I have one? Yeah. Can I have one minute? Sure. Yeah, I uh, I was at an organization uh, yesterday morning talking to uh, talking to some friends, and we uh, my friend introduced me, took me to another uh, to his, actually his his boss's office at Riverfront and and walked in and and apparently he was familiar with our with our church and he just started talking about about uh Calvary Chapel and the great uh the great uh times that he had with it and then he started talking about to every man an answer this is before he he even knew that I had been um one of the uh, one of the guest hosts at times. So I just listened to him. I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear his perspective. And this is a guy, he goes to another church, but he's, he's rooted and grounded in the word. And he is just grateful. His name is Jay. His name, he's just very grateful for, uh, for, uh, for Tima. So, uh, a shout out to Jay if you're listening and, uh, thanks for supporting. Thanks for being a supporter of CSN and, and Tima. Pastor Mike. Amen. Amen. Always good news. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call if you want to be part of the program today. We're going to go to Michael Laughlin, Nevada, right over by Bullhead City. Hi, welcome. Hey, thank you, Pastor Mike. Uh, thank you for having me on board. Uh, How may we yeah, Oh, yeah. What I, what I wanted to ask, we actually had was regarding a caller yesterday, I think towards the beginning of the program, that uh, it had to do with uh, with Abraham and uh, Genesis regarding the, the borders of Israel. And I think you were—I think you were alluding to Genesis 15, I believe it was. And uh, yes, I saw—I saw a couple of scriptures that kind of jumped out at me, and maybe you, you could help me with these. Uh, there's two, uh, two, two chapters of the Bible that I wonder if they're related to the borders, and that would be uh, Numbers chapter 34, verses 1 through 13, and Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 13 through 23. And I was wondering if you could maybe shed some light on that. Okay, Greg, your thoughts. You know, I, I'm just going to look them up to make sure that we have the context. I'm going to go to uh, Numbers uh, 34, well, verses 1 through 14. That, that, that's quite a lot there. Uh, Michael, can can you narrow it down for us? What what, what exactly is your question? What what can we what can we answer for you there? And on chapter 34, you got verse 3. It says your southern border, and then it go, then that's where the elaboration goes. Verse six, the western border, and then verse seven, the northern border, and then verse ten, the eastern border. And I'm just wondering if any of that information all between would be related to what the what the borders of Israel be. And same thing with the when you get to Ezekiel. Well, you know, it, it, and what we find here in Numbers is we find the allotment of land according to the tribes. And, and certainly as the, uh, inherited land was, was divided up, um, I don't believe it really included all that we find going back, uh, to the book of Genesis. Um, and your thoughts. Yeah. I, I, I like, like we had mentioned yesterday, the, the question came up and was basically if, uh, Abraham had ever, uh, 
received any of the promise of that land. And of course, of course he did because he lived in the land of, of uh, Canaan. But we had also talked about that, uh, there is no time in history that, uh, Israel has ever, ever controlled all of the land that, uh, they're actually, because they're given the land all the way, all the way from the Mediterranean Sea east, all the way to uh, the Tigris-Euphrates in Iraq. So that would include almost all of Syria, definitely parts of Jordan, Transjordan, at least. And there will be a time, there will be a time in the millennial reign that obviously all that will be under, uh, under, uh, under the control. Well, it's not even Israel. The whole earth will be under control of, uh, of our king. But I was just about to look up uh, Ezekiel 47. I think those are the verses that you were talking about specifically. Is that right, Michael? Correct, verses yeah. 13 through uh, 20, 23. Mike, while I'm looking that up, you want to add a little comment? Well, one of the things for sure is when we go back and look at, at Genesis, we find that it says, and to your descendants, I will give this land. So we do know that there was a partial inheritance given to Abraham initially, and then God was going to expand that. And I believe that is what goes clear to the Tigris Euphrates River and uh, down to the, uh, the Red Sea. So, understanding that that was quite a large piece of land and what it looked like they almost were going to take that in 1967 when the Arab nations lost launched an attack against Israel. Uh, it was a surprise attack, but yet Israel in just six days, seven days whooped them. And it was only because Sobrinan, who was... um Russia's war prime minister came to Kissinger with a message saying, if you don't stop Israel from taking over the whole Middle East, we will intervene and fight Israel. And so at that point, pressure was placed upon Israel via Kissinger and the president to back down uh, from Israel going any farther. In other words, these nations were all whooped. They were all, and technically, according to war, when you start a war, you lose, that land becomes yours. So I get really irritated at the United Nations and the American news media when they call occupied territories, the West Bank or the Golan Heights. That was, that was land won fair and square in a battle bought with Israeli blood when the Arabs started a war and did and and uh they lost and the only reason Israel didn't take over the whole middle east was because of pressure from russia now again today as you hear the clamoring from the whacked out united you know donald trump said the united nations is whacked and friends it truly truly is uh this isn't megath talk here this is fact and i can prove it you hear all this talk, ceasefire, Israel, ceasefire. Not one call, not one call from the United Nations. This is why the United Nations is so whacked out. Not one call from the United Nations for Hamas to surrender, who started the war against Israel. Isn't that amazing, everyone? Now, if you want to stop the war in Israel, call for Hamas, who started the war, to surrender. But they won't. You see, 
This is what's wrong. And you find the insane, evil American news media that misreports just about every story saying how crazy Trump was to say how bad the United Nations is. Friends, the United Nations is whacked out. Why no call to Hamas to surrender? They are who started the war. I rest my case. There is no excuse from the United Nations for their behavior. None. And so when we understand that, this land... um Israel was gracious enough to give back, but I believe during the millennial reign of Christ, that will be the borders of Israel. We know there's going to be countries during the millennial reign of Christ. And the Bible says that they don't come and pay homage to Christ, honor the feast, that no rain will fall on their land. So we do know there will be nations during the, the during the millennial reign of Christ, but it appears that at least those borders will finally be fulfilled uh, during the millennial reign. Your thoughts? Mike, I think you answered it great. The uh, the passage in Ezekiel is basically just a reiteration of what we're reading in uh, in uh, in uh, Numbers thirty four. And I know, and I know uh, that we read in Joshua one, where uh, where Joshua is told everywhere the Lord tells, as I was with as I was with Moses, I will be with you, and everywhere you set the sole of your foot, uh, I have uh, I have given you. So there will be a time, right, in the millennial reign where that will be the borders. They will actually encompass all uh, all that uh, that that hundred percent that they're only covering about a about ten percent of that ten uh, percent of that now. Pastor Mike, hope that helps, Michael. Yeah, it does. I just got to thinking though, when I, as I was reading Ezekiel theory, and thought if you take a map and you actually and you're going down. Uh, uh, the, the northern, southern, eastern, western. If you actually got a, got a map, and then you could, and you can actually uh, pinpoint, put the dots on on each of those areas, then connected the dots. If that would pretty much describe the everything that you mentioned as far as uh, uh, the, what the borders would be. Yeah. So um, I, I believe we'll we'll see that fulfilled someday, possibly very soon. So if you Google that- images, if you Google images. Uh, because I'm sure that Pastor Mike uh, has put up um, uh, maps when he has taught through uh, either Numbers or or the Book of Genesis, and and somebody's already done that homework for you. There should be a map that will show the extent of the land uh, that was promised. So um, don't need to reinvent the wheel. You should be able to find uh, that image on uh, on Google. Amen. Michael, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy them. Great to share with your friends. Michael, thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Paulette Dickinson, North Dakota. Hi, welcome. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for my program, your program, and thank you for being in in our area of North Dakota. A couple of weeks ago, there was a lady who called and had concerns about the Seventh-day Adventist and Ellen White. I yes. uh, did find out there's a um, podcast that former Seventh-day Adventists uh, were on, and the podcast name is Cultish Podcast. You can Google it. And then go in, into the search and put in SDA, and, and there's two parts, part one and part two. Put in Ellen White and the Millerites come up, and it's part one and part two. Very, very good. I hope she's listening, and I hope she can look it up. 
Yes, that's very good information there, Paulette. Maybe we can we can get that posted as well. Uh, again, um, I have met Seventh Day Adventist people that I know love Jesus that are right with God, and then I've talked to others that if you follow the teachings of Alan G. White, you got some real, real twisted scripture ideas here. Um, and so again. We're not saved by keeping the Sabbath. We're not saved by not eating pork. We're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's final. Uh, to say that worshiping on Sunday is the mark of the beast is absolutely ridiculous. It's contrary to scripture. Revelation chapter 13 clearly says it's a mark on your hand or on your forehead. But wait, 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 there's more. They psychedelicize it. That's right. It's not the mark on your hand or on your forehead. It's what you think and what you do with your hands. Pure junk. It's very clear in the original language. It's a mark on your hand or on your forehead. And that is what allows you to buy and sell during the tribulation period, the last half. Now, when you realize that God puts his mark, same word, on the Jews in Revelation chapter 7, the 144,000, Satan always has a counterfeit mark, but it's not worshiping on Sunday. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that this topic comes up. Just last night at church, I was I was going through our mail and uh you know how uh publishers will occasionally send books books to pastors well they sent a book and i i can't remember what the title of it is but it it didn't have the author's name on the front of it and i thought that was weird so i pulled i pulled the cellophane off actually somebody was in my office when when i when i was opening go well look at the front of the cover of that book isn't that interesting that it has a title but it doesn't have it doesn't have the individual's name. So, uh, so I pulled the cellophane off. I opened up the very first page of it and it says the writings of Ellen G. White. Oh, and I'm going, cause they're kind of, uh, I'm with you, Mike. I've met some SDA people that I just love hanging out with. Oh and man. Even, yeah. even though we can't, uh, we can't agree doctrinally on, on some of their stuff. Uh, uh, I, I, I love chatting with them. It keeps, it keeps you sharp, but, but we have to be honest about, about her past. You know, she, she claimed and other people will claim that she's a, she's a prophetess, but, but many of her prophecies didn't come true. I think that, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but, but I believe just like Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that Michael the Archangel is, uh, 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 is Jesus? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that I don't. I, I don't think they believe in the Trinity. Uh, the big thing that they put out is that they say that you are taking. If you do not, if you do not worship on Saturday, that uh, the hardcore SDA folks will tell you that uh, that's tantamount to taking the mark of the beast. Some are. Uh, some are are, are very uh, legalistic. I believe. Um, Mike, I think don't they also believe in soul sleep, or do they believe? Yes, in, they believe in, in soul sleep, in uh-huh. annihilation. Yeah, yeah. Annihilation. There's no eternal, no eternal hell. Even though the Bible says there is, read Jude. It says they will suffer the vengeance of eternal fire forever. 
But never mind what the Bible says. Let us straighten you out. Let us straighten out what the Bible says, because we're now the authority and not the Bible. When it says they're going to suffer the vengeance of eternal fire forever, that is not annihilation, friends. Now, again, if we're going to go for now, if you if we're going to just go and say, well, believe whatever you want to believe, uh, you know, I'm cool, you're cool. Hey, I, there, there's no really, no no real absolutes, and there's real no need for this program because after all, it's going to all go down the same 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 uh, uh, road anyway, or will it? When Jesus said, when he comes, I believe speaking of the rapture. Will he find faith on the earth? I believe that's an extremely important verse because people deviate from that. They follow their prophet. They follow their spokesman. They follow um, rather than going back to what the Word of God says. I don't think Revelation 13 can get any clearer than a mark, and that word mark means upon you than what it says. But, oh, no, no, the Bible's not right. Let us straighten you up. Boy, I'll tell you, friends, step aside. You know, my dad always said, when the spirit of error is working in a group, it's not just in one area, it's in many areas. And I think you'll continue to find that. Because, again, uh, everything then becomes metaphorically speaking in the book of Revelation, and for that matter, the whole Bible. You know, well, really? I I mean, when we stop to look at it, when the Bible says every living thing in the sea dies, I don't think that's a metaphor. In fact, I just read about a nuclear Russian submarine that sank completely armed with nuclear-tipped missiles. Now, what if the salt water gets in and sets those off? What are we going to have? Is it possible within man's capability, never mind God's for a second, man's capability to kill every living thing in the sea? Absolutely. We realize that. They said that they have trace radiation amounts in almost all the fish in the ocean because of uh, of Fujima when the uh, nuclear plant melted down in Japan's earthquake. Now, again, imagine a much greater dosage of of radioactivity. And you have North Korea always shooting their missiles off into the ocean. I mean, I mean, when you realize where we're at globally, these aren't metaphors, friends. They're absolute. Now, in Revelation, a beast with seven heads and ten horns, obviously, that's a metaphor. In fact, it goes on and explains what it means. But when you find things like all the water becomes undrinkable, the trees are burned up, all the living things in the sea die. I can tell you, friends, that's what it means. And that did not happen in 70 AD. Any last thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to mention that, uh, that it, it's, it's kind of a roll of the dice because some, uh, some SDA pastors are, you know, they're, they, they have a tendency to mix, uh, mix some legalism with grace and, and, Pastor Mike, you and I and, and, and lots of pastors, we are, we are, we are eschatology buffs, but the SDA, they, they have, uh, they have a preoccupation with, uh, with the book of Daniel and with the, with the book of Revelation. They will have their, their conferences. Um, they'll, they'll roll into a city and they'll, 
they'll put out their brochures and they'll have, you know, questions like, hey, you know, what's going on these days? And and come and find answers. They they very rarely advertise that it's uh that it's the seventh day Adventists that are that are yeah, and then you listen to them teach, and and these these creatures that come out of the earth, and their their sting is in there. These are these are Apache helicopters. Yeah. No, they're not. Oh, they're Again, beings. made yeah. up. Yeah, and they they keep making stuff up. Now, if somebody says, "Well, they could be," well, I can give a little lee room on that. Sure. But you have to remember something different about the Book of Revelation. Versus all the other things that's happened to man since the beginning, going clear back to Adam and Eve. These evil things that have come upon the earth are because of man's sin and the devil. What makes the book of Revelation so unusual is the cataclysmic events are brought on by God. Now, friends, that's different. The Bible says Satan is the prince of the power of the air. That's why I believe we see hurricanes and famines and all these things. But what is interesting about Revelation, when a seal pops in heaven, or a horn blows in heaven, or a bowl is poured out on the earth in heaven, cataclysmic things break out on the earth. Now, if God is doing that through man's invention, such as nuclear, to cause the ocean to die, I don't know. But I will tell you this. The things in Revelation are metered out according to God, not according to the devil, which makes the seven-year tribulation period so much different than any other time on the history of this earth. God dealing with his nation of Israel, that final, last, 70th week that we find in Daniel chapter 9, where he, speaking of the Antichrist, makes a covenant with Israel for one week, that's a seven-year period of time, and God judging a Christ-rejecting world. That's what's going to happen. And noteworthy, Jesus said, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying. That's not right before the second coming of Christ, when every living thing in the sea has died, global war, famine is everywhere. As in the days of Noah were, is right now, it's party time. Not realizing there's a cataclysmic judgment coming upon the world. Noah entered the ark, and then this judgment fell on the world. I believe, again, friends, as in the days of Noah were, we're on the cusp of a giant global judgment by God. Not with water, as it was that time, but by God's hand dealing with a Christ-rejecting world. Paulette, I hope that answers it for you. Hey, thank you so much. We kind of went off on our little bunny trails that we do sometimes. But um, anyway, I think uh, uh, those people really enjoy that website you gave. Come up on a break. We'll be right back. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. 
I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. This is a sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of preborn, who helped this mother of triplets choose life. The heartbeat of a preborn baby can be heard as early as five weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything. I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed when I found out that I was having three baby boys. Preborn is the country's largest provider of free ultrasounds for moms in crisis. Preborn pregnancy clinics share the heartbeats of those in the greatest need, preborn babies. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Welcome you back to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Hey, if you're in the southern part of, uh, well, maybe I should say the east side of uh, the Big Island, tonight we're going to continue our study in the book of Revelation. We're going to be in heaven tonight, chapters 4 and 5, looking at the great promises that God has made for his own. And so I'll be teaching that Bible study tonight at Sure Foundation Church from 6 to 7 o'clock. And uh, we're going to go into, as we go through the book of Revelation, what is really going on in this world. And so that's tonight, Sure Foundation, 6 to 7 o'clock, and that's in Kiao, Hawaii, just about 10 miles south of Hilo, Hawaii. And you're invited to come, bring a friend, and again, I'd love to meet you and see you uh, from 6 to 7 o'clock. Sure Foundation there off of Highway 130 on the right-hand side as you're going south. And so look forward to seeing you and being with you then. Well, going back to the phones, we have Jim on the line, Winston, Oregon. Hi and welcome. Hi, Mike. I uh, appreciate your guys' ministry. I'm a longtime listener. I go back to 1994. Wow. Back when uh, Don Stewart and Pastor Chuck, uh, well, I want. I just wanted to say this. Thank you so much. It was kind of like a, a trade school for the Bible. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I hosted the show with Chuck Smith for many, many, many years, and so uh, yeah. Every once in a while, Amazing. we'll play one of those old archived uh, programs, which I really enjoy. Um, yeah. And uh, but Jim, how can we help you today? Well, my question is this: I lead a a prison ministry that that we partner with three churches. We're going into uh, Pelican Bay Maximum Security Prison in California. And one of the groups split off from us because on our track we had, we used Revelation 320 as an, in, uh, an invite to unbelievers to answer the call. And they didn't believe that, uh, that we could lead them in prayer and lead them into the kingdom of God. And uh, I took that off the track we use, but 
I, I'm convinced that, I mean, if Bill, it's good enough for Billy Graham. It's good enough for me. Well, yeah, read the verse. I, I've heard this before. It shows how illiterate people really are when it comes to the Bible. Let me read this verse to everybody. Then you can take it to an attorney. You can take it to anyone, a, a third grade school teacher, and ask him, what does it mean? Let me read this to you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So for them to say that when Jesus said anyone really isn't anyone, again, Jesus is really messed up, and let our religious organization straighten Jesus and the Bible out. I hate to be facetious, everyone, but when we see things in the Bible that are absolutely crystal clear, why won't they read it? Well, they've got their little, they got their little uh, dirt road they want to stay on. Let's read it again. Again, take it to an attorney. Take it to a, a third-grade uh, English teacher. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, anyone. It doesn't say just the church. It says anyone. Now, what is wrong with people? I don't know. I am out to see people's souls being saved. And when I see this kind of nitpicky stuff, and it's unscriptural at that, because it said, now anyone in the church hears my voice, I would say you're right. But it doesn't say that. It says, if anyone hears my voice. It can't get any clearer than that, but yet they'll still mess it up. You know, the gospel, except a man becomes a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. It's so simple, and they love to mess it up, don't they? Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, first thing I want to do is say thank you, Jim, for uh, for having a uh, a prison ministry. When I was in San Amen. Diego, I uh, I was a chaplain for the sheriff's department and had an opportunity to to uh, to do some jail ministry. And and Jim, you are fulfilling Matthew twenty five when you do that. So. Good going, brother. Stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Concerning your concerning your question, Mike uh, Mike summed it up really, really well with the word anyone. I looked in my Bible and guess what? Guess what? It was underlined and and I think I think the group that is is, is splintering off or not really uh uh accepting of you using that uh as an as an invitation i think that you uh, had mentioned that it was uh those that that maybe tend to lean reformed or or uh tend to lean calvinist and and uh they have uh, I, i'm not surprised that they have a problem with that because they don't like the word they don't like the word anyone they believe in in limited atonement they don't believe a five point calvinist doesn't believe that uh uh, that everyone can be saved. They don't, they don't believe the truth of Second Peter 3, 9, where it says that the Lord is not slow concerning slowness. You know, he's patient with you or long suffering with you, not willing that any, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, we read in, we read the simplicity of Romans 10, 13. It says, whoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, 
will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the penalty um, of uh, of their sin. Uh, I have used I have used uh, Revelation three twenty and giving an invitation, and it's not it's not just you know the 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 context is that uh, that's one of the report cards, one of the seven report cards found in Revelation two and three, where Jesus lighting some people up, calling people to repentance, and in this case, he's calling the Laodiceans to repentance. And he, he's not just saying you Laodiceans, he's saying anyone. Interesting, uh, fact here. There's a, there's a painting, uh, by, uh, William Holden Hunt, I think. Mike, you've seen this, this painting where it shows Jesus at uh, the door. He's, I think it's titled The Light of the World and he's holding, he's holding a lantern and there is no doorknob. On the outside, the doorknob is on the inside, and so it just goes to show that every one of us have been given a th- uh, a free will. And if we want Jesus to come into our life, if we want Jesus to come in to our heart, then we open that door from the inside and we uh, we invite him in. How's that, Pastor Mike? Well, you know, you read on here and you look at the Laodicean church, and this is where this was directed. It doesn't sound like most of them were even born again. Yeah. And yeah. so if he writes this to a church where it says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth, I would say anyone means anyone. And then what are you going to do with John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The Great Commission, go preach the gospel to every creature. All of a sudden, their theology just evaporates. So again, going back to what the Bible says, anyone means anyone. By the way, if they say it doesn't, read Revelation chapter 22, what happens to people that take away the words of this book. You get your name taken out of the book of life. Read what happens when someone says, oh, that word anyone really doesn't mean that. Adding to God's word, God will add to them the plagues of this book. I take the word of God very, very seriously. And people say, well, why do you do that? Because do you realize this book you call the Bible, we call the Bible, is how God's going to judge the world someday? So I'm going to take him at his word. Now, his word says this. If there was some other problem, I'm sure that God will adjust that. But when the word is that clear and the words are that clear in the original language, uh, there's no wiggle room here. And again, to start chopping the Bible up because of bad theology called Reformed theology, you got real problems. Well, God only saved a few people. The rest he put on this earth to send them to hell. God's now the ogre God. You're going to fry, spit, and sizzle. What a sick doctrine. The Bible says, whosoever will may come. And when the Bible says, To whom he predestined, that is from God's perspective. God doesn't learn who is going to heaven and who isn't. Just because God knows how every one of us live our lives does not mean that we do not have the freedom to make the choices and to live our lives the way we want to. And so whenever you see the word predestined, predestinated, that is always from God's perspective. 
But from our perspective, Jesus said, preach the gospel to every creature, not just the predestinated ones. Hope that helps, Jim. Well, I will just say this, that unless two are in agreement, they can't walk together. And uh, nope. I had to separate myself from these folks. And they are the predestination that yep. they're condemned before they even have a choice. And uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, you're preaching to the choir, brother. I appreciate you affirming that. And uh, we see an, a hunger and a thirst in the the prisons for God's word. And I'll be honest with you, it's easier to have a person that's an inmate listen to the gospel than it is a person on the outside. You know, I got to tell you a funny story. I don't share this very often. In fact, I don't know if I've ever shared it in here. But I went in prison ministry as well. And we're uh, in prison and I'm teaching the inmates. And I'm there with a couple other guys from a couple other churches. And I was telling everybody how important it is to know what God's Word says. Otherwise, I said, you'll begin to believe things like, God helps those that helps themselves. And another Bible verse that says, cleanliness is next to godliness. And I said, these aren't in the Bible, yet people believe they are. Well, while I'm teaching this one guy that I'm there with, from another church says, oh, 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 Brother Mike, Brother Mike, no, no, cleanliness is next to godliness. That is a verse in the Scripture. And I looked at him, and I smiled gently, and I said, no, it's not. And I'll tell you something. If you find that verse for me, I'll be glad to apologize to everybody here. But it's not in the Bible. For the rest of the night, he never said a word. He was too busy thumbing through his Bible looking for a verse that did not exist. That's true. And it's really amazing to me when you find that these different ideas come in. Imagine if you were in jail hearing a message that God only saves some, but not everybody. What kind of a gospel message is that? What kind of hope is that for a bunch of inmates that blew out in society that are looking for hope, which Jesus gives? And for somebody to say, well, no, no, uh, you're, you're just predestined to go to hell. There's nothing you can do about it. That's not what the Bible teaches, friends. Don't ever believe that. And again, I have found that more times than not, those that are the farthest down realize they need the hand up more than anybody else. And I believe that's why when they get saved, you find the Johnny Cashes that was redeemed out of prison. You find the Johnny Cashes that, that'll reach out and go places that no one else will go. So again, just being about daddy's business, Jim, so important. Let your light shine. I'll send you some materials that I believe will really be helpful to you as well as time to grow. If you need more of them, please let me know. I think you have to take the staples out of them to give them to inmates, but that's what they're there for. Uh, Jim, stay in line. We'll get those to you. Okay. Okay. God bless. God bless you. Let's go to Max, Fort Worth. Hi, welcome. Good evening, Pastor. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I've got two questions, if that's, that's okay. Sure. Yeah, i got one about about uh, speaking in tongues, because I was watching a, a video on speaking in tongues. I don't know if that's actually real or there's some people are faking. And also, uh, I'm going to start I want to do biblical fast. I want to do it Monday, but I want to do it correctly. 
want to get well, closer good. to God. Okay, your your thoughts on that, Greg? Uh, okay, number one uh, on the fasting portion of your question. Fasting is, uh, you know, it's one. It's it's not a command found in the scriptures to uh, to believers, but there is great significance in it. If God calls you, I think that He's probably calling all Christians at some point in their life to fast. And and yes, we think of fast as fasting from food. And I, uh, I think it's good. The purpose, the purpose is that we would, we would sacrifice something that is important to us. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like food. <laughs> I kind of like food. And, uh, and it means something when I, uh, when I got to give up my bag of Cool Ranch Doritos or whatever I'm, what I'm going to have for dinner, you know, that night and, and just, uh, as unto the Lord, you know, as unto the Lord, I would rather spend time I'd rather spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus than uh, than having another meal. So I think that's wise to do that regularly, but it doesn't have to be only that. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe there's something that consumes your time. And maybe you're one of those folks that's going to the gym three or four times a week. And not that that's bad, but but I would encourage you, just take it to the Lord and see if he would encourage you to to drop one of those nights or one of the or two of those nights and just get on your face before the Lord with a with your Bible in hand and a and a notepad of paper and just say, God, I'm 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 setting aside this time. I'm consecrating this uh, this time to you. And on the topic of tongues, I think that you used uh Use the word faking, and I. There are those that do. Unfortunately, I have to agree. No, I have to agree. I've seen people fake. A lot of people misinterpret what what tongues is. Is tongues a gift for today? Absolutely. Is tongues a gift that is to bring edification between you and the King of the Universe? Yes. But what uh, what I think that uh, that you are are talking about Max is that when you see uh, maybe some somebody from the pulpit saying that hey let's all let's all speak in the spirit or let's all speak in our prayer language or let's all speak in in tongues when First Corinthians twelve and First Corinthians fourteen couldn't be any more clear on how tongues is supposed to be operated in a uh, in a group setting, Mike's of the background, and I'm of the background. That that sometimes in believers' meetings, or or maybe what we call an afterglow, there's a time of waiting on the Lord. And if somebody has a word or somebody has a tongue, there needs to be, especially with tongues, the Bible says that there has to be an interpretation. And along with that interpretation, it says with tongues, only two or three may prophesy. So, so we have to be, we have to be cautious. Pastor Mike? Amen. And uh, again, the Bible says, those that pray in an unknown tongue, pray to God, not to man. Uh, it says in the church, two or at the most three in First Corinthians chapter 14, and let one explain what they're doing. The word is the word interpretation in the King James, but it means to explain what they're doing, not to translate to another language. And I tell people the real um, solution for this and that will help you, Max, a great deal. If you have a strong concordance or if you go on blueletterbible.org, every time you find the word in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or chapter 14, the word interpret or interpretation, look that word up in the Greek because they mean completely different things. Interpretation 
interpret are, are different words. Going back to Acts chapter 2, first occurrence, you find Peter standing up with the interpretation of what they were doing, uh, not what they were saying. He said, these men are not drunk with wine, we expect, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit. He was explaining what they were doing. That's the same word when we find in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, two or at the most three, and let one explain what they're doing. And if there's no one that's going to explain what they're doing, then let them remain quiet. Now, on the other hand, the Bible says, if you pray in an unknown tongue, pray that you may interpret that word does mean to change to another language to know what's on the heart of God. Max, hope that helps. Yes, it helps. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pastors. God bless you. Stay online. Send you out some books, some DVDs, a little book called Time to Grow goes into this detail a little bit more. It'll be a blessing to you. Let's go to John, Fort Worth, Texas. I welcome. Hello, Mike. Uh, Glad to hear you. Uh, I love your program. Been listening for a long time. Hey, just like the caller before me, uh, I do prison mystery and, uh, when I go there, uh, we share Christ with the inmates, and through their profession of faith, through grace, <laughs> uh, I believe they get saved. Well, a guy that I told that we went to prison uh, one time said that if I, I share the gospel with them and they profess faith in Christ, they're still not saved until they're baptized. And I told him, no, I said, Jesus' blood atones for our sin once and for all, and it's through grace, through faith. And uh, he said, no, it isn't. And he tried to prove it with many scriptures, but... I contradicted with other scriptures that, you know, say it's through grace by faith, right? Well, yeah. And, and the thing is, if it's by works, like being baptized, then Jesus really didn't pay it all on the cross because a lot of it still relies on me to do my performance. No, that is what the Bible says. And they'll misquote John 3, unless a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he'll not inherit the kingdom of God. That is speaking of a natural birth when the water breaks and out comes the baby. If you look at the context, it's completely there. Nicodemus saying, do I got to go back in my mom? What's all the, the context is that number two, the order is wrong. Unless a man is born of the water and of the Spirit. No, you're born of the Spirit first, then you take a ceremonial washing, the baptism. But there in John 3, it's unless a man is born of the water and of the Spirit. Being born of the water, again, you have a natural birth, and you need to have a spiritual birth. That is not speaking about baptism there. Any last thoughts on that, Greg? Yeah, you are uh, exactly correct. You quoted Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you know, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of work, so that no man can boast. I know that uh, some folks uh, want to bring up Acts 2, 38 and, and, uh, and, cling, and cling to that and overlook all the other uh, verses that clearly say that, that uh, salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. So it's it's always been by belief. Even back in Genesis, uh, I think it's Genesis 15, was Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So um, I think that you have probably learned, especially doing prison ministry or, or serving with people, is that when when people stop when people stop listening, I stop talking, meaning that if they're going to argue, they're going to continue to argue with the scriptures. There's nothing that I can say that is uh, that is going to persuade them. Yes, you're being Amen. a Berean and you're encouraging them to uh, to know uh, to know their Bible and to give counter counter verses that show that grace or that salvation is by. by Amen, John. Out. You keep keep teaching them, keep loving on them. 
Hey, listen, stay online. I want to send you out a couple books, couple of DVDs uh, for calling in. And uh, I just want to say, just continue to go with God. You're on a good path there with your prison ministry and pointing those guys to a new hope, not only in this life, but in eternity as well. Stay in line, John. We'll, we'll get you fixed up. Let's go to Lisa in Napa, California. Hi, and welcome. Hi. Um, I was just Hi. calling for a few comments um, about um, um, the Adventist Church. Um, uh-huh. Well, I, I've never, ever heard that um, that they believe that, um, you know, that there isn't a trinity. There's definitely a trinity. At least that's what I've always um I've never you know, heard that either. Um, you know, I, I follow the King James Bible, um, and only the King James Bible. I know that, um, most Adventists do as well. Um, as far as Ellen G. White being a prophetess, I've never heard anybody actually say she's a prophetess, that she was impressed upon, like, you know, we all are in different, um, levels of life to do something, you know, the Holy Spirit still talks to us and I just know that she wrote down certain things. I, I've never delved into all of her writing. Well, you need to. Um, you need I know to that she wrote on. She wrote well, you on. need to. Well, you need to because that's the part of the foundation of your church. And again, that 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 is a a, a key part of that. Um, and like I say, I've had good fellowship with some SDA people, uh, and I've met others. And that goes for people that go to regular Calvary chapels or anything else, too. That falls in the same boat. But I'm just saying that uh, G. White taught that worshiping on Sunday is the mark of the beast. A lot of really kooky stuff that has worked its way into the doctrine of the SDA church. And that's where the dangers are. Um, go ahead and finish there real quickly. Well, yeah, I, I just believe that we're just supposed to follow the Word of God. That's what the Bible teaches, and that's what I've learned from going to this church, um, you know, by every word that, you know, comes from... Well, Bible very quickly, very quickly, God. because you keep, keep mentioning that. Uh, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And they go, see, you got to keep the Ten Commandments. Jesus is not talking about the Ten Commandments there. He's talking of they came, uh, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. For upon these two hang all the law and the prophets, all the law and the prophets. And so when people say, well, we keep the Sabbath, they do not. The Seventh-day Adventists, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not keep the Sabbath. They get in a box on a Saturday, but that is not, according to Levitical law, what keeping the Sabbath is. And 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 so uh, Jesus said, it's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him, it's what comes out. Eating pork and these other dietary laws from the Old Testament, I strongly recommend anybody read the book of Galatians because that was written for people that try to drag you back under the law again. Stay in line, Lisa, if you like, and I'll send you out some books, DVDs. We're all out of time. Greg, thanks for being on the program. Good being with you, Mike. Please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A.
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 